Thank you for joining us for our Word of the Day. This morning, as we continue through the Bible, we're going to begin looking at the book of 1 Samuel. Now, the book of 1 Samuel, it begins during the time of the judges. And the time of the judges was the darkest time and the most divisive time in the history of the nation of Israel. Israel had conquered the land. They had cast out most of the inhabitants of the land. They left some behind, and that would come back to haunt them and to to, uh, be problematic for them for the rest of their history. But they are in the land, but they're not really unified. They're a divided people. They're just a bunch of tribes in different locations of the land with their own judges and their own problems and their own leaders and their own tribal leaders. And so they're not really a unified people. The book of Samuel, God is taking the nation of Israel from a bunch of tribes who are led by tribal leaders and judges to a unified people under the rule of a king. And there's some very uh, big characters in the book of 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. Of course, there's the prophet Samuel. He is the, the last judge of Israel, but also the first prophet of Israel. Now, they've had uh, high priests, like we'll meet one of the high priests, Eli, but until now the high priests really haven't been really significant in the story of the history of the nation of Israel since Aaron has passed on. They've just kind of had a job. The prophets are really the people that God uses to speak to Israel and to warn Israel about their sin and the problems they're going to face because of their sin. So we meet Samuel, we also meet King Saul, and then we meet King David. And so we're going to get into all these stories. The book of 1 Samuel has some of the most incredible stories of the Bible, some of the most famous stories of the Bible that we know and we learn in Sunday school and we, we read throughout our, our life and we hear in preaching all the time. Those stories are in the book of 1 Samuel. But when the book first opens, we meet a woman by the name of Hannah. Now, Hannah is a, a godly woman. She loves God. She serves God. She fears God. But she's barren. She has no children. And in this culture and in this time, not having children was a sign of God's judgment or God's punishment on you. And people looked down on you for not having kids. Now, she had a husband. He had a second wife. And she had a lot of children. And so Hannah's in a very difficult spot. She's, she's married to this man. This man loves her. The Bible says he loves her more than his other wife. And when she starts kind of mourning the fact she doesn't have kids, he gets upset, like, why, don't, why, don't you, why do you want kids? Aren't I enough for you? But she continues to go to God for this, and the other wife continues to kind of ridicule her for the fact that she doesn't have children. And every year they would go to the temple, or they would go to the tabernacle, they would offer their sacrifice, and she would pray to God and beg God to give her a child year after year after year after year. And God was seeming to not listen to her. Her prayers continued to go unanswered. Until one year, she goes to the temple, and she prays to God, and she makes a vow to God. She says, God, if you give me this child, I will give him back to serve you for the rest of your life. And look what the Bible says in verse 19. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to the house of Ramah and Elika, knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. God gave her the child she had wanted for so long. And this child, his name is Samuel. He's the prophet that's going to anoint King Saul, that's going to anoint King David, that's going to unify 
the nation of Israel under one people instead of all these different tribes. It's going to lead the nation of Israel uh, to their greatest time. That's who this child is, the prophet Samuel. And so she weans the child. He, he grows up. He's four or five years old. And she takes him back to the temple and she gives him to God. She relinquishes him to God. And Samuel uh, is raised by Eli in the temple to serve God. And look what she says at the very end of chapter 1. She says, For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord, as long as he liveth. He shall be lent to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord there. So Hannah here has, she's an incredible story. In chapter 2 she has a beautiful song just praising God for his, for his faithfulness and his goodness and his mercy to her. But she shows us a few things here. First of all, she shows us that even when we think God's not listening, God is listening. God heard her prayer every single year, but he waited for the right time in her life and in the life of the nation of Israel to bring forth this child that would do great things for God in the nation of Israel. So when we pray to God for things, you know, God always answers us. He either says yes, no, or not now. Now, it's, it, too often when we start praying to God and God says, not now, we take that as a no and we give up. And Hannah's teaching us, never give up on God. Just because God hasn't answered your prayer when you think he should, doesn't mean God's not going to answer your prayer. See, the Bible tells us God's ways are better than our ways. His thoughts are higher than all th our thoughts. God, when he looks at our life and our situation, he sees it spread out over all of time and creation. And he sees how... Answering our prayer when we want to will affect the rest of our life and the rest of the lives of people around us and people in our lives. So he answers our prayer at the exact right moment for us, for his glory, and for people around us. So don't give up and say, well, God's just not going to answer, and so I'm going to give up. Continue to be faithful to your prayers to God. But she also shows us that those things that we cherish, those things we desire, those gifts that God gives us. Bible says every good gift comes from God. Those gifts that God give us, they're not ours. They're God's. God gives them to us for His glory and for His purpose, and we're just faithful stewards of whatever God gives us, whether that's money, whether that's talent that God gives us. He gives us that talent to serve Him and to help his and to build his kingdom, even whether it's children. You know, we we like to look at our children and say, These are these are my kids. These are my, you know, me and my wife, we have three children. I'm like, man, those are our kids. We we created them through our marriage. We raised them. We provided for them. We took care of them when they were sick. We fed them when they were hungry. We protected them when they were in danger. Those are our kids. But they're not our kids. They're God's kids that He has lent me to raise for his honor and for his glory. See, when Hannah says, I have lent this child to the Lord, that Hebrew word, it doesn't mean like I, I let God borrow it. The Hebrew word that we translate lent literally means to give back to. She says, I have given back to God what he gave to me. Our children are not ours. Our possessions are not ours. Everything you own, your house, your clothes, your life, your money, your children, Everything you have is not yours. It's given to you by God to use for His kingdom. Now, can we use our talents in our life to you know, make money and, and have a career? Of course. 
but we're also supposed to use them for his glory and his honor. We're also supposed to use the money we get from that job, that he, that, from the talent he gave us to build his kingdom and to realize everything we, ha- we own, we don't own. We're just stewards of it. So we should treat it that way. You know, whenever you borrow someone's, uh, someone's possession, you borrow someone's car, a, a good person, in my opinion, you return the car back to them clean, full of gas, and usually in better shape than you gave it to, than they gave it to you. You, know, you don't borrow someone's car and you, know, you get it clean and full of gas and you return it empty with trash everywhere and dented up and dinged up and, and messed up. You return it better or in the same condition you got it because it's not yours. What you have is not yours. Parents, your children are not yours. God has given them to you for you to raise, to love Him, to worship Him, and to serve Him. Everything you have is not yours. God has given it to you to build His kingdom and to see people saved for His honor and for His glory. So what does Hannah teach us? First of all, don't give up on God because God is always faithful. Secondly, everything we own, even our children, they're not ours. They're God's. And we're to use them for His honor and for His glory. Thanks so much for joining us for our Word of the Day. Be right back here tomorrow as we continue through this incredible book of 1 Samuel. Have a blessed day.